0: So today I'm with Tom Rogerson from Cotsmore School. Let's jump into this episode. Welcome back to the Amkiss podcast, brought to you by the Bonjour Agency. Amkiss is the Association for Admissions, Marketing and Communications in Independent Schools. And this is the podcast where we speak to people in the independent school sector. Let's get into this episode right now. Tom, welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Excellent, Simon. Thank you so much. I'm very honoured to be here with you. I think this has been a long time coming, has it not? It has been. It has been. Uh, it's good to talk to you. It's good to see your smiling face as well. You strike you strike me as one of these people who always seems to be positive and happy. Is that true?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's an important part of being a teacher. Uh, I'm a teacher. I'm a qualified teacher. And I think it's a key, key thing. It's not necessarily happy. It's just looking for the best, looking for the best way forward. I'd say that I'd sum it up like that.
0: No, good way to put it. Good way to put it. Uh, Tom, I'm uh, conscious of time on this podcast episode because I know that you're you're a busy person, but I feel like we can't start a podcast recording with you without talking about Abigail, uh, Abigail Bailey, your principal head teacher in the form of AI. First of all, just for anyone who, who missed out on this last year, tell us a little bit about what this is, but also how's that all going?
1: I'll try to Condense it, because it's a reasonably long uh, story, because there's so many aspects of it to get through with AI, generative AI, and generative AI in education. But essentially, um, it came about because I was mucking around on Wonder in October 2022, and I didn't realize it was called artificial intelligence, but I was creating images uh, with this generative AI tool and stable diffusion-based AI tool. And it was wonderful, a really, really inspiring, exciting thing. And I sort of went down a rabbit hole and spent far too much time on it, sort of, you know, late at night. And then my, uh, the next, I don't know, weekend exeat, my nephew came along and said, there's this thing called ChatGPT and it writes your letters for you and it writes your things for you. And it was, uh, I just ignored him, actually. I thought that just sounds weird, a bit nonsense, a bit lazy, uh, a crazy thing. I don't know what you're talking about. So I ignored him, but he kept on... um Badgering me about it. And so I eventually, about two or three days later, I tried it out. And that is now what we know is called generative AI. And I <clears throat> I, I just sort of look back on that period of time, those three days where I was told about it, between when I was told about it, and when I actually got on with it. And I now I, I use that period of time, remembering that period of time, to to to, to empathise with people who haven't tried it yet, who, who who aren't, you just don't understand it. And I think it's better to be uh, reject something or accept something in a place of knowledge. And so I, I now look back and go, well, that was I, I I was like that for three days when I between when I'd heard about it when I used it. So I'm trying to be a bit more empathetic to people who haven't used it yet, and. So what happened was very quickly, I'm a reasonably creative person. I think you're gonna ask me about songwriting and musicianship uh, later on. And I love painting and uh, you know uh, cre- the creative arts. And uh, uh, essentially um, what, what it is, is I, I've used this sort of mindset to think, surely this generative AI thing, this LLM, large language model um, that we're using OpenAI. Can make our lives better, can make a teacher's life better uh, so that you can reduce your bureaucratic workload. The paper pandemic, I call it a paper pandemic, it's resting on our shoulders so heavily at the moment. uh, And we could talk about that uh, a bit more. But what are we doing? What can we do? You know, we were hearing about the retention and recruitment crisis and the bureaucratic workload. Um, And what can we actually do? Come on, pull your finger out, everyone. What are we going to do about this? And so I thought, Right, this is it. This is this is my offering to the world of education. I'm really going to go down heavily on this, on development, on communication, and also on trying to teach people about the capabilities of AI, so that we can be well, so we can we can increase our well-being, and spend more time with the pupils, spend more time with our families by re- reducing this bureaucratic workload. That's how the whole idea came uh, about, and then because I wanted to. Uh, b- make the message go as far as humanly possible. I was thinking, how on earth could we could, could we put this message out there that, w- that teachers can be well? It, you know, that, that teachers can live a wholesome, fruitful existence and be brilliant. Um, and so, uh, it's the same for leaders as well, because uh, obviously, I'm the the head at Cotsmore. and so I was thinking, how can we help leaders? And so, I came up with the idea of creating a bot, a, a joint head. Or a co-pilot, whatever you want to call it, and we called it initially. We called it the AI uh, principal head teacher. How can we help people? How can we help leaders? Yes, teachers, but also leaders. And so this was my offering. And, and at first, we called this uh, thing. I gave it a, a human name, uh, Abigail Bailey, um, and gave it a title. Uh, uh, you know that the, the, the principal head teacher uh, pronouns she. And, um, you know, we, we, we created this thing that everyone can use. It's accessible to everybody and all leaders in all sectors, state schools. In fact, this whole project was uh, directed towards, focused towards the state schools. And of course, what, what happened was very, very quickly, it was jumped upon by everyone. So, you know, the independent sector, which you, you deal with a lot, and, you know, the, the, the state schools are involved with this, uh, but I'm still searching. Anybody out there can help me take this to state schools uh, more in a more wholesale way. I'd be very, very grateful um, to anybody who can help with that, who's listening to the podcast. But what uh, came next um, was the idea. So uh, these, all, all these ideas were happening simultaneously in a sort of quantum way, but I decided, hey, not... I'm going to create a a principal head teacher or head teacher, which is AI. I'm going to create, and we were talking about this earlier on, um, I'm going to create a head of AI, which is AI. Because we were searching for um, uh, a a head of AI, AI. Uh, which was advertised very widely, not advertised, but it was wrote, written about very widely in the newspapers as well. So six months before, four months before, we uh, put out a story, not a story, but an advert that we wanted um, somebody to be head of AI. So that sort of works, but we needed somebody who can play sport and who's teacher trained and who's an expert in AI. And it's um, it was it was quite a wide uh, remit, and so while we were searching for the person who can you know, um, service all of those elements, uh, I said, "Hey, why not let's um, let's create a head of AI, an AI head of AI," and that again we gave a, a, a name, a human name. The reason why I'm sort of um, talking about this, giving it a human name, implies that I'm going to tell you the next iteration of the story. So, what? We did uh, was we created the head of AI, head of AI and we gave it a name Jamie Rayner and you know later on we realised that or or learnt from some very fantastic people that anthropomorphization or humanising tech is a, an area that people have been talking about uh, for a very, very long time. And I'll talk a, bit, a little bit about that in a sec. Going back to Blade Runner, I imagine and thin and movies like that too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so what we did was we did we created that was the first creation the AI head of AI. Jamie Rayner. And it sort of blew people's minds a bit when you were talking about it, i.e. AI it was a bit meta. So AI, head of AI, uh, it was too sort of complicated a a concept. And so I thought, you know, I've told 20, 30 people about this and they immediately get quite sort of mixed up, understanding what it is. So I thought, right, let's just make it much more simple. We're going to create an AI head, essentially. Uh, to be a strategic leadership bot, and so that's what we did. And then uh, people got hold of this idea, and uh, it, it obviously took hold. This idea took hold, and uh, you know it's been reported very wide, widely, reported. And so, so that was fantastic because then the idea that we can be helped with our well-being and our strategic leadership, and our teaching, and our classroom management through uh, you know the reducing a bureaucracy. Um, came about, and it, and it uh, is promoting this, uh, this well-being idea, which is absolutely fantastic. So that, 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 that there we had it. But the, the, the story that I c- quickly want to say is that we started talking very, very quickly, talking to some veteran AI coders, people who worked with uh, AI for a very long time, and also um, academics at universities. Uh, I w- was in many conversations with many different people, and what um what 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 they were trying to tell me in a very very exciting catalyzing conversations and they taught me about something called the uncanny valley now uncanny valley the the idea of it uncanny valley yeah um so the idea is that you can make something seem too human and then it makes people feel it's uncanny or it makes people feel uh you know that that it, it you know it inauthentic because you're trying to make something seem more human than it is or something trying to make something human that isn't human is it a bit creepy as well though well that's that's the entirely thing what uncanny valley is so Ah, there are there are graphs uh just look it up on wikipedia uncanny valley it's really really interesting and i was taught very quickly by these amazing uh intellectuals these amazing people from universities and researchers And sort of the next iteration was that the functionality of this AI strategic leadership bot, um, we uh, removed none of the um, the functionality, but we removed the pronouns. So it became from she to it. Um, What happened next was uh, the name, so a full name and a full human title. Uh, We took it down from um, AI principal head teacher and it's an AI strategic leadership bot functionality identical everything it uh, it's doing is the same mm-hmm. hugely hugely um, transformative uh, technology. Mm-hmm. And it went from she to, to it. So um, it's taking away the anthropomorphizing. It's de- dehumanizing the tech. And so it does all of the things that it ever did. But um, uh, just listened, we listened very carefully to some very, very exciting conversations we had with these, uh, yeah, w- w- with these people. And we reacted and iterated accordingly. So that was, that was how it came about. Amazing.
0: And, and what was the result then of, of switching from she to it? So no result. It, it
1: performs in exactly the same way. And it's helping me and hopefully other leaders to co-pilot or to uh, achieve all the things they want to achieve in exactly the same way as it did um, before the fact.
0: But in terms of the acceptance in society, I mean. So
1: it's had much of the same, same reaction. Uh, it's been a very, very exciting reaction.
0: Mm. It's created
1: mm. uh, lots and lots of conversation. It continues to create lots of conversation as we are proving right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so nothing's really changed other than us having some extremely high level conversations with some mm. extremely intelligent and brilliant people. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncanny Valley has been around since, you know the, the concept of it's been around since 1905. So it's, mm-hmm. not, a, it's not an original concept, but it's, it's something that's been a very exciting development and it's been brilliant. So we, yeah. we, we've, yeah. we've learned a huge amount. Uh, and, and you know we 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 feel very blessed to have um, been part of this journey.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, without mentioning the name of these Amazon devices, because it might trigger a few of them. In in particular, one that's right next to me right now. But of course, they they talk back to us, and you can switch from a male to a female voice. Uh, and and I I think that largely we've we've adopted that and accepted that as a part of everyday normal life. But you can switch these Amazon devices into whisper mode. And, and I tried this a few weeks ago and, and I thought that it was quite funny. And then I, I, I said to mine uh, as, as a joke, which is next to my bed, I, I, I said, good night. And she whispered back to me, good night. And I freaked out at that. I didn't didn't like that at all. I didn't sleep very well that night because it just felt very much like a, a slightly creepy uh, experiment.
1: weirdly i'm not i'm not that big a fan we have them because my children absolutely love them when they go to other girls houses and they're very very cheap um Mm. these devices that's one of the great uh, attractions of these devices they're unbelievably Mm. cheap but um yeah so in exactly the same way i'm 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 with you i'm i'm Mm. pretty creeped out by alexa and uh sorry about saying that word um (laughs) because it's probably going to set yours off um and ziggy if you have two of them and Siri, um, and it's even yeah, it's it's flashing on my phone right now. Uh, so that's in exactly the same way we've condensed the name Abigail Bailey. So that's mm-hmm. the anthropomorphic um, sort of title mm-hmm. uh, to and brought it down to Abby. So like Siri and Alexa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, that, that that's, how, that's how we've um, listened to the the tech world and iterated and developed.
0: Now, Tom, I feel like every uh, presentation or speaker that you hear talking about AI uh, will at some point say that uh, for people who are scared about losing their job to AI, you won't lose your job to AI, you'll lose your job to someone else who's using AI. Uh, And and I think uh, pretty much everybody seems to be saying that these days. But tell me a little bit about how people who work in marketing and admissions can be using AI to their advantage.
1: So... I've tried very early on. I tried writing an article with it, and anybody who knows anything about it, I use it quite a lot. They'll tell you that your only, you know, the output is only as good as your prompting skills, and you can talk prompts now into um, ChatGPT or OpenAI, and so you can. It's not typing prompts. You can actually, you know, you can talk the prompts in. So you're essentially only as good as your prompting skills. But clearly, my prompting skills were a bit shoddy at the beginning, because it it used to pump pump out this very robotic uh, text. And um, I haven't since tried to write an article um, with ChatGPT, because I don't feel it's authentic, actually. Mm. So you know, that that's an interesting thing for, for us to talk about. Somebody who's brilliant at prompting could probably um, give you a much better article that seems a bit mm. more authentic. But I actually, after that, I stopped um, using ChatGPT to write articles. So, but what, so the active answer to your question is oh, no, I have a keynote speech to give. Um, oh, no, I have, you know, when I say, oh, no, I mean, you know, it's it's usually yeah. you, you've got to get it done really, because you've left <laughs> it to the last minute. You've got to get it done. It might not be, oh, no, either. It might be a different word in there, too. You ask, and this is this is it. You ask, and it's exactly the same. I think it's wonderful for strategic leadership, and it's exactly the same for AMCIS members, for marketers, for PR people who are writing things um, and structuring plans. It is wonderful helping you, figure out how to plan and how to structure, um, how to lead yourself um, towards, let's say, giving a keynote speech, or let's Mm. say, um, making your year plan for social media, or um, what it does is that very often it uh, gives you four points that you already wrote down on a piece of Mm. paper with your pen and paper. Then it might give you four more ideas that you haven't thought about, let's say, uh, EDI equality, diversity, and inclusion, it Mm -hmm. might say, well, you actually, you need to think about, um, you know, uh, on your website, you you need to think about people who, uh, you know, can't can't see very well, or, or whatever. So it it might think of things from a, a sort of, you know, another perspective that you can take on, which is excellent for strategy, which is excellent for thinking things, uh, thinking about things in the whole. And this is mm-hmm. how I use ChatGPT a lot. This is how I use Abby a lot, is thinking, is th- for thinking. And mm-hmm. it's this joint headship is spitballing with your uh, joint head. About how to introduce, uh, you know, AI into into a school where you can only thirteen-year-olds can only use ChatGPT. Let's say, how do I introduce the concept of AI, generative AI, into a school without them actually using ChatGPT because they can't because they're they're, they're under the age of thirteen? And then it'll give you a whole lot of ideas, three, four of which you would have already thought about. So you're reading them and going, "Ah, "I already knew about that." And then three or four answers like, "Oh, oh no, Hmm. right, okay, thank you." You know, in my, in your own mind um thank you very much for that i you know i'm, I'm taking I'm take those four ideas forward so it's structuring it's strategy it's thought it's thought leadership um that it, i find it exceedingly um useful for and so that's yeah that, that that's that's how i use it and that's how i think other people should use it
0: interesting okay that's that's really good tom let's park ai for a second tell me about life in school at cotsmore how do you keep the joy in school
1: yeah, I mean, you know, with this weather at the moment. Actually, it's very sunny outside. Uh but it's sort of, it was minus 4 earlier in the morning, so you got to got to keep your wits about you with that. So, how do you keep the joy? You have to compartmentalize and and, and leave time for thinking about joy. That's my number one thing. Compartment, you know, you might think about schemes of work and you might think about how can I, you know, um what about exams and you know, it's exam strategy and policy. But you need to literally compartmentalize half an hour every day or you know every other day to think about how can I plan joy into the school curriculum that's hmm. the first thing you've got to think about it you've got to think about how to make uh, you know maths joyful hmm. and it's not okay thinking about you know um, Pythag- Pythagoras theorem and uh, and, and just only that. It's like, how do I actually, how do I bring the joy into that? And so that's, that's the first thing. You, 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 you plan it in. Um, you've got to get outside. You've got to roll around in the grass. You've got to roll down the hill yourself. You've got to um, go and play foot. We've got a foot golf course. It's no longer, it's, no, it's not good enough having a foot golf course. You've got to go out with a football. You've got to kick the ball into the hole on your foot golf course. Brilliant. You've got to actually actively participate in the things that the children are doing. So if they're jumping into the lake, Uh, you should jump into the lake. Mm -hmm. If they are playing golf, you should go and play golf. If they are jumping on the bounce Castle on a Sunday, you should jump on the bounce Castle on a Sunday. You could list a whole load of things that you should do. And what I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I'm planning on doing it in the next week, is experience the day. You've got to get up, you know, you've got to be at breakfast, you know you've got to be in 3b class 3b and mm-hmm. you follow them around and be one of the pupils and be there and empathize and i think being part of the joy or being being part of their lives makes you much more empathetic and part of the scene and then you can understand where you know sometimes you have to just focus down it's not about joy or not joy or anything you just have to learn be calm everything's got to be chilled relaxed warm and you know, and that's a good learning environment, you know, not too over excitable, not too sort of, not too much anything. It's gotta be a a really sort of um, calm environment. So there's time and space for that too. And, and so, you know, that, 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 that's what you got to to have balance. uh, You've got to empathize. You've got to get in with them. You've got to play, pick up a tennis racket, go and play tennis. We've got these beautiful three grass tennis courts, get the old tennis racket, go and play tennis with them. It doesn't have to be for, you know, three hours you can mm-hmm. do it in 5 minutes mm-hmm. and you're you know experiencing what they uh, they experience and becoming empathetic i think that's the first step
0: Well, i'm i'm very glad that you mentioned about jumping in the lake because uh, for anyone who hasn't seen tom Rogerson jumping in the lake fully dressed in a in a in a suit then uh, all you need to do i imagine is just look on the school's social media and uh, and and you'll certainly see that
1: well, i was trying to cheer people up during uh, lockdown that was the only reason why i did it because it was yeah. you know, re- reasonably guffaw worthy
0: but it's good fun and, it, and it's full of joy as well isn't it that's it that's absolutely it
1: yeah I mean some people wouldn't do it because uh my my great philosophy is that you can be joyful and you can be serious mm. in the same day yeah and so just because I jumped in the lake uh fully clothes and for charity uh, doesn't mean that then in the afternoon I can't be very serious talking about that charity and asking the you know the boys and girls to go and raise money for the funds for that charity. Do you know what I mean? You can, you can be more than one thing. And I think that's one of my huge messages, the art of and. And that's maybe another podcast, Simon, the art of and. You can be silly, jump into the lake or roll down the hill or you know, do a rugby tackle in the mud, uh, whatever, you know, the headmaster. But then you can go and talk to somebody about something deeply serious like curriculum matters, the future of education, uh, AI and
0: education. You can do both. I I, I love that. I love that. Tom, let's talk about music briefly. Uh, You mentioned that you're you're musical. Tell us a little bit about that. So
1: I've always been musical since I was at Cotsmore. um, And my senior school, I was very musical. In fact, I I formed a band at my senior school at age 15, and we still play together. Which school was that? That was Eton. Okay. And we still play together uh, now, and we do gigs at a place called The Troubadour, uh, in West London, uh, southwest London, and we still with, do this
0: now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We 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 find a huge amount of joy in it and connection, and uh, you know, music is an incredible privilege that uh, you know. And, and, and at Cotsmore, we we try to get people onto the stage. We try to get people into the DT department. We try to get people in the uh, on the art, chess. But we especially um love music, and we try to get people playing musical instruments as many children as possible playing musical instruments it is it 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 hits places that other uh forms of art do not hit and it's and it 's an absolutely wonderful thing so i've been writing songs'm uh, not saying that um anybody's bought my songs, but i've been writing songs since so, songs since the age about fifteen, maybe even younger okay, um, right. and so you know the, the band's been playing those songs for years and years. And yeah so we formed and we nearly got signed or we were offered a contract a development mm-hmm. contract and we couldn't afford to take it because it wasn't enough money it was Sony and they were very, it was really really lovely of them to 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 extend a hand it was called something called a development deal and we nearly took it but it was we found we we realized that we couldn't uh live and eat and mm survive in London if yeah. we, if we took the contract. So, and also, you know, we all had up, we had a lawyer in the band, we had a, you know, a writer in the band, we had a uh, somebody to do with um, uh, finance in the band. And so actually was our focus all really on the music, although we were, you know, nearly being signed to Sony. So you might say, yes, you know, we were really trying hard, but actually our heart, what wasn't a hundred percent, probably about 80% in it. Then if you right. want to be a success in anything, and if you want to certainly be a success in the music world, you cannot be 80% mm. <laughs> in it. Mm. And I suppose you could apply that to anything, really. You could apply that to what you do. Um, if you're only 80% there, then you'll be sort of successful and it'll be all right. Mm. And, you know, but, mm. but you won't achieve the heights that you need to. So 100%, we needed to be 100% actually you know, were we good-looking and talented and uh, wonderful enough? That's another question. But also, we were sort of only 75, 80 percent there. So yeah. Anyway, so that was that was the music thing. Mm-hmm.
0: I'd say I'd, I'd say you're good-looking enough, Tom. Oh, um, thank Tom you very saying- much. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> and, and, and no, but the, and then the music uh, went on from there, and we still play, and we still you know do live gigs in London, um, and, and and there it is. And I still wrote. And in fact, you're going to ask me about AMCIS, um, The amkiss thing. Actually, I might save that for then. But I've written a song, okay. Simon. I've written a song specially.
0: You've written a song. Fantastic. Oh, oh, okay. I'm dying to hear this at some point then. Uh would would be good to hear that. And Tom, if I was, if I was going to be really nosy and asked what's what's currently playing on your phone or what you what you listen to when you're in the car, what would you say? I would say
1: it's not he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I would encourage everybody to listen to Jacob Collier. Jacob Collier is uh, you can't pigeonhole him. Is he jazz? Is he classical? Is he mm-hmm. pop music? It, he's a, a a melange, a sort of um, a, a, and a, a, a musical genius He's a musical genius. He plays every instrument that exists in the world, and um, he, he he mostly records every single instrument on every single track as well. It's a real sort of um, it's 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 a huge amount of noise that comes out of his mm. you know in in one song. It's it's absolutely astounding. But mm. I went to see uh, him. Uh, in Brighton, at the Brighton Dome with my nephew. And uh, the thing, the reason why I'm saying this is because there was a piece of joy that happened that was uh, incredibly affecting and uplifting. And what he does is that he stands at the front of the stage, he puts down all the instruments, everybody goes, uh, the rest of the band goes off stage for a cup of tea or whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then he will conduct... The entire audience, and these audiences can be huge now. He's doing the O2. They are Mm -hmm. huge audiences, but this was, I don't know, 10,000, 15,000 people, uh, maybe. And um, he conducts this choir and makes makes the audience sing as a choir in unison. Amazing. And it is quite amazing and uplifting, and you can look it up on, you know, YouTube or whatever.
0: Actually, I have already. I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it is incredible. And for anyone listening to this right now, I, I'd, I'd second what Tom is saying and encourage people just to go and look up Jacob Collier, and, and it'll probably be one of the first top uh, videos that are that are suggested in the results. Um, and it's incredible seeing how he can manage so many people and get everybody singing like uh, in 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 waves almost, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like I think Gareth
1: Malone, who um, I know um, personally um, from university and, uh, and and then subsequently, and I feel like Gareth should. Uh, well, he he is able to do something like that as well, hmm. and Gareth needs to get in front of these audience. I feel like you know they need to get together, Gareth and Jake hmm. Collin, see what see what they can do
0: together. I mean, it would just be explosive. It, it really would be. It really would be. Um, Tom, keeping an eye on time, am going to need to bring this to a close now, but it's been great talking to you. It really has been. I just want to say thank you for your time and thank you for talking to us about what about everything to do with AI, about joy, about music and giving up your time to do all of that. Thank you.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. Can I um, just end with, uh, we do have another AI conference. We've, I di- haven't talked at all about my AI conferences and festivals, uh, but we do have another AI conference. And maths or AI and STEM uh, conference coming up, and that's When's something I like Tom? to. Uh, well, we I think we're going to postpone. Uh, it's meant to be. It was initially advertised for about two or three weeks time, and we need a little bit more time to gather uh, forces. And so um, I'm going to put out the date at some point. But okay, so where should we'll people go a, to find out more information? So then. LinkedIn. So there's a, I think called the AI uh, and Tech Share Hub. And so it'll be on the AI and Tech Share Hub on LinkedIn, and also AI ampersand AI and uh, is a group on LinkedIn, and also just follow me on LinkedIn, and I will people who follow me will definitely be um, sure that
0: I will advertise that on LinkedIn. Okay, fantastic. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you as usual. That's it for this episode. To find out more about Amkiss, just visit the website amkiss.co.uk. This episode was produced by the Bonjour Agency. The next episode will be out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening. Bye for now.